It's here when we're chatting to Joey Negro, aka Dave Lee, Sissy Motto, Zed Factor, Sunburst Band, all them all rolled into one. Next. Across the globe. On the internet. Anthony Angel. Live and direct. Live and direct. Live and direct. Live and direct. The first question I've got for you is, you've got a brand new album out with the Sunburst Band. Can you tell us how it came about? Well, this is the fourth Sunburst Band album. The first one was in 1998, and that came about because... um, I'd done a couple of 12 inches of Sunburst Band, and the first one was called Sunburn EP, which had tracks like Garden of Love, uh, Monte Carlo, Delicious. And I guess it was quite sample driven. It was around the time of the first, uh, sort of the, around sort of the early days of sort of like uh, things like Phase Action and the Egypt Boys. And um, I wanted to do something with a bit more of an organic disco sound. But though it is all quite organic disco sound it's quite sample driven I had a girl a woman called Jessica Lauren who's a Rhodes player and she's got a lot of you know like original analogue equipment and she came to the studio and we did something just totally sample based it was all quite live and I did a couple of 12s like that and then I thought you know I've got half an album and this music's maybe a little bit more album suitable uh, album lends itself more to an album maybe than you know straight up house music because it was all, even the first EP was, you know there's a mixture of tempos and it, it wasn't all straight four four type stuff so I did another five or six tracks to make up an album and as, as I was doing the actual album contract I made it a little bit more live because I got to know some quite good musicians people like Tony Remy who's still the MD of the band there's a guy called Mike Parler who was a Saxon flute player and I thought well I kind of know a lot of good musicians who I could employ for this sort of project now as maybe 10 years earlier I wouldn't have known those people I was kind of starting off and I didn't really know that many musicians I just maybe knew a few keyboard players rather than you know people who could play you know other instruments and, and were really good on those instruments and that was the first album and then the second album I think I was uh, I, I just um, finished the Jakarta project this was in probably about 2003 2004 and I was on a holiday and I listened to the first album when I was on a holiday I thought I want to make another another one of these and the, the second one was a little bit more less sample driven there's a few samples in there but it was much more live and I suppose just with experience, I was a bit more confident of re- recording, you know, not limiting myself to the good samples and, by, you know, just thinking, well, this is a good idea or it's a cover version or whatever. But, you know, so that was, that was called Until the End of Time. And anyway, there's been another album since then. This is the fourth album. I guess it's um, becoming more original, less, less cover. You know, there's not really, there's a couple of cover versions on this, but it's about writing memorable songs and, um, you know, it takes it takes a long time to do that. So, I mean, I guess the the oldest track on on this album, "Definition of Love," was actually made about four years ago. But the majority of the album has been constructed over the last two years, and a lot of it is about you know I might come up with a good groove and bassline and chords. That would be maybe the start of it, and then you know I'll, I'll be working with some various writers. I've worked with like Diane Charlemagne, who wrote quite a few of the tracks on the album, or um, 
I'm trying to think of uh, Pete Simpson or whatever, and we'll get together. We'll see if we can write a good song over it. You know, and it, that might take a while. We might come up with, you know, maybe a good chorus, but we're not happy with the verse. And it's not until I'm really happy, you know, really think, well, I've got a, a I've got a strong hook and uh, good lyrics and whatever. I'm a happy concept. Then I would maybe go into the next phase, which is starting recording all the live instruments, which would be like, you know, bass, guitar, sometimes horns, live strings and some of the tracks. I don't start that ball rolling until I'm completely happy with the actual raw material in terms of the song and the, you know, the key it's in and all that, all that side of things. Because once you start recording like live bass or guitar, you're kind of stuck in that key. And stuck with those chords, so you've got to be pretty convinced that you're you're on the right track before you press that button. Having said that, there are times where I've actually had to go back and change the key of things and re-change the tempo of stuff, which I've already got live live stuff recorded for. But um, that's just unavoidable in the process of, sort of you can't always be right at every stage of the production. So, would you have you got much much more material available to bring out? Say, a second, another follow up album to this, another Sunburst Band album. Will be at some point. I mean, I tend to make one every three or four years. I mean, I I, I could, I don't want to embark on another one straight away because it's a lot of work. I mean, and um, it's sort of in a way now I've finished this. I want to make some more electronic stuff and just do some different things for a while. So, you know, what's good about it? What's good about it? Mean, there's lots of things I enjoy about making a Sunburst Band album, but when you've got sort of like 25, 30 tracks, which are all just up in the air, you know, like there might be some which are like 70% finished, something else is like 20% finished, it's just the beginning of an idea, but none of them are actually complete. It can be quite a, it's quite a stressful, you know, you're not really sure, you've got all these unfinished tracks and you're not sure, you know, you're still waiting for the, you know, the vocals to be done on this track before you can put the guitar on because I tend to get like when I get a guitarist in when I get Tony to do the guitar or Julian to do the bass or the horn section and I normally get them to do three or four tracks at the same time just for budgetary reasons to keep it cheaper so if I'm doing that I don't want to get I'm often waiting till I've got four tracks which need brass and the horns ready to the stage that they that I can get the brass section in and that might you know there's lots of things which are waiting for something else to happen before I can before I can get the brass in I've got to make sure the vocals and all these tracks I'm happy enough with that you know that I know that they're worth getting the brass on and that they're, they're all in the right key and I'm not going to end up changing the chords which means that then the, the brass won't work so it's quite a complicated involved you know, you've got lots of decisions that you can't make until something else has happened. So it, it's cool. I enjoy it. But once I've finished one, I want to leave it for a while until I start another one because it, it's a quite time consuming and sort of life consuming thing in a way, making an album, especially nowadays when every album's got 15 tracks on it. I mean, back in the old days when an album had, you know, seven or eight tracks, it's like every album now is a double album, which is a lot of music. So, um, Yes, I will touch wood. I will make another one, but not for a few years. You know, not for you know. Don't I would say 2015 will be the next Sunburst Band album or 2000 because it's a lot. It's a lot of work, and um, in a way, it takes me. It stops me making the more clubby stuff, which is what realistically is um, you know keeps my name out there in a certain field and for DJing and all that. And I like making that, but 
So I, I like to alternate, you know, so I'm not making an album constantly because it's 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 a, a very time consuming and like I said, sort of like t- takes over your life for, while you're doing it. Right. So is there any of the tracks off the album that you're going to be getting released to singles, getting remixes done on them, etc.? Yeah, I mean, there's always that's always happening. I mean, we will release probably remixes of, of a lot of the tracks. I mean, we've already had Andreas Sarg did the track Take It to the Top. He, he did a more sort of deep house sort of uh, I guess like a sort of jazzy metro area type version of that and then this guy Opalopo who is uh, Swedish well he's Hungarian but he's based in Sweden and he did a, a re-rub of uh, 1960 Watt recently that did uh, very well he's just done a sort of boogie type remix of In the Thick of It which was the first single uh, at Jazz is doing the track when the lights meet the music, as is uh, Sean McCabe. Uh, and then there's other people we're talking to. I think DJ Spinner's doing a remix, um, Raina Truby. I mean, I try and get the remixes to be different, possibly Frankie Knuckles. Um, they're getting the remixes to be quite different from the originals. I don't really want, really like, you know, what well, I don't know. I get maybe a bit more electronic, more experimental people who maybe aren't used to getting, you know, like most of the remixes they do uh, are maybe less, um, got less like live parts and whatever. This is like almost like getting a disco multi track in a way because it's got guitar, strings, brass, all those sort of stuff, which maybe a lot of the time when people get parts, they're just getting a bunch of samples or an acapella and you know, not much in the way of musical parts. So there's quite a lot of stuff for people to play with. So um, we'll probably release lots of remixes over the next sort of 18 months. You know, it, it, that's one of the good things, I suppose, about doing doing this sort of album is you, it's very remixable, you know. So how did you get in contact and how did you make contact with the vocalist you've got on the album? Did you approach them or did they approach you or did you admire their work from a distance, that type of thing? Depends on the vocalist. I mean, people like Diane I've been working with for years. Pete Simpson, you know, Diane is someone who I've always... She sang on a track by Satoshi Tomi called Inspire, which I've always liked. And I got in contact with her. That was probably about five or six years ago. Uh, Pete Simpson, who sings live with Sunburst Band, uh, a DJ friend of mine was uh, playing in Newcastle and heard him sing and thought he had a pretty good voice. And then um, people like Darian and Angela Johnson, yeah, the people, uh, singers, I've just heard them on other people's records and like their voices. So, yeah, they were just people I got in contact with. Uh, and, you know, I mean, generally, yeah, I just got in contact with them and said, would you like to do a track? So when you're putting the tracks together, do you start off with the vocals first? Do you start off with the keys? Or is it like you said before, you start off with the rift? depends on the track i mean if it's a remix you start with the vocals that's what you're getting from the from the from the record label it's normally the vote that's the priority that's the thing that's got to stay in the track the vocals from, from one of my own tracks it could be anything you know i mean it might be a bass line it might be a chord progression it might be a sample you know it just depends it's a starting point and sometimes you might even get rid of that at some point you might think you know what but generally, that's your constant. So you think, like, oh, I've always, you know, I've come up with a baseline. I want to, you know, that's that's my starting idea. And then you try and make, you know, and you might maybe have, you know, on some tracks, I'll have maybe two or three starting points, which are all, you know, I think I want to do a track which incorporates these three things. It might be a, you know, a piano solo, or it might be a 
it, it's hard to say what it is, you know, without actually thinking of a specific track reading. But, you know, you're bringing together maybe a few ideas as uh, into one idea, and that's kind of your starting point. But other tracks might just be one, what, what, literally one thing. Right. You know, so, it, might be a bass, it might be a horn riff. You know, it could be, you know, it could be a, something you're, you know, you're thinking, oh, I want to, you know, you find a sample, that could be your starting point. Or it could be, you know, you come up with a keyboard, you know, bass line on the keyboard. Or you might be, you know, you listen to an old house record, you think, I want to do something like that. So maybe you program some drums and then you maybe come up with a sound and then you start, you know, it, it, it really, really depends on the track, you know. So, I mean, it's not, but what, whatever it is, that's just your starting point and then you develop it from there. It might move a long way away from that and sometimes it doesn't, you know. It depends on how, how, um, how strongly you feel about the original idea and if you get what you want to stick rigidly to that. So out of all your equipment you've got in the studio, what would you say, is, what, which bit do you keep on going back to? Which bit is, what's your favourite bit of equipment? Well, I mean, you know, there's lots of bits of equipment which are, you know, good in different ways. I mean, like, obviously, the main hub of the studio is, is the computer, which is a Mac. And that's what, you know, if you didn't have anything else, you could still make music just on the Mac, which is what a lot of people are doing now. You know, lots of people are just making music t- totally inside the box. You know, so that is, if someone said, if you could only have one thing, it would be the computer, because I know I could, you know, I could still carry on making, you know, that's something you could still do everything inside. Uh, if you're talking about a bit of outboard gear, something like the Juno 6 is a great keyboard, which is a quite a versatile keyboard, you know, for lots of, especially for synthy type stuff, where you want those sort of 80s type stabs, and it can be quite good for the top end of bass and for pads and whatever. And it's something like, you know, I've got these old valve sort of, um, and supposedly like the, the, the more, the called chute, and that's just something you can do that, that warms things up and gives things a sort of nicer, more vintage sound. But those, things like that, that it's a, it's a nice tool, but it's not going to make your track good or bad. It's just going to make it sound a little bit better. So what's next for Zed Records and what releases have you got coming next? Obviously, apart from the album that's out. I mean, we're always releasing. We've got a new compilation coming out soon. By uh, which is we had we've got a series called Out of the Influence, which is kind of like um, more on the sort of disco boogie jazz funk tip. And the idea behind that is people are sort of wicked record collectors, but they're maybe not household names. People I've come across during my years of you know searching for music, and um, we had the first one out last year by a guy called uh, Darren Griffiths, who DJs under the name Red Greg. And he pulled out some really good obscure disco and funk, and that came, so that came out last year. And we've got one of those due, a new one by a guy called Paul Phillips. Uh, he's a DJ on Solar Radio, and um, he's a real collector, a super collector. So he's he's put together sort of like twenty or so tracks with his double CD called Under the Influence Volume Two. This is, and I doubt there's hardly anyone in the world who's got all of the tracks on this album. It's it's really. Deep, obscure, funk and uh, boogie and modern soul and whatever, but still keeping the quality level pretty high. That's one of the things we've got coming out. And then we've got, um, you know, some remixes from Sunburst bands of, of tracks at Jazz has just done a good one as well. It's someone I forgot to mention. And um, yeah, sing other singles. I'm trying to remember what other ones I've got. I'm working on a couple of. Um, 
new things. I don't actually know the names of all the artists yet, whatever. And I can't remember what I want to go. We're releasing music. I mean, some singles, some of them are a little bit, you know, some more soulful stuff. There's a track I've licensed from uh, a, a band called Electric Empire, which are like an Australian uh, sort of funk soul group. Um, which is kind of like a Stevie Wonder type track. I'm, I'm, I think that'll be really good when it's finished. It's something I'm going to finish in the next few weeks. Um, and then I've just had something out recently by Miss Dora featuring Andrew Cash that got to like number one track source, which is another soul track. I mean, sometimes that's a, what, what I'm interested in is like good songs. So um, that was a good song from this original version that I heard on. Uh, solar radio again which is like a down tempo thing so um i i like got the rights to that and remixed it and uh other things we've got coming out we've got lots of, you know we're trying to put out quite a lot of compilation albums digitally we have one out called new disco days which was kind of more the things just putting out those digital comps they just really help you know generate income for the label basically that's that's the that's the um you know sometimes i think People probably wonder why it's just you have to keep getting your stuff out there and getting back on the new release sheet. So, um, you know, putting out the compilation albums at a reasonable price of stuff you've had out before is, is, a, is a good way of just like keeping the label buoyant financially. Uh, and then we've got a lot of remixes in progress. Well, some of the other ones, which uh, I'm trying to remember some of the other ones we've got in progress with other people, which are um, due out soon, but there are, there are quite a few. But I can't think of what they are now. But I mean, like those guys, for example, Kyo, is it Kyo, did, did that track Breaking, which I really like. They're doing a remix for us. Uh, I think Rainer Tuby's doing something. Um, these guys, Ogres, Debris, who are uh, getting there from Vienna, they've just done a deep thing for it. So, you know, something like, something about some of my, my own music and some of my tracks remixed by other people, basically. That's what we've, we've, we've got coming out. Excellent. So whereabouts and how can people get hold of you and whereabouts can people get hold of your music most importantly? Uh, well, on the rec- on the la- label website www.zrecords.ltd.uk we've got that's the website where we've got you can see all my DJ has got a shop there and you can buy either vinyl or digital so that's the you know, and of course on Facebook and Twitter and all the usual places. Yeah.